listener. Welcome back to Serendipity City. This week, we're catching up with Iroh, Nancy, and Fox again, and the recording starts with a recap, so I won't make you listen through two recaps. I will say that since we're wrapping up the current mission soon, we'll have another opportunity for doing a Q&A episode. So if you have any questions, be sure to send them in on Twitter or via email. All the information is in the show description. Now that that's out of the way, let's go catch up with the crew. The recap so far is that a client named Gail, who was a previous client of Iroh and Nancy um, and a druid that lived in the Sacred Grove, came by because the Sacred Grove, the pollution that y'all worked on, had started up again. You went to the Sacred Grove and you discovered um, via testing the dirt and Nancy's powers that someone had like taken dirt from the Sacred Grove and done some kind of magic on it. There were, you also found a scrap of a cloak, which you took to Monsieur Frederick Applebottom, the premier tailor of Serendipity City, uh, to figure out who commissioned it. He uh, started to narrow it down some and gave you a, what you, I believe, learned at some point was an alias, Marie Robinson, and said that she seemed like someone who was part of a group. Then you went to the market and you talked to Nancy's acquaintance there, whose name I have forgotten, who narrowed it down to either the alchemists or the folk pr- practitioners. So um, after the market, you went back to the Grove. I believe it was after the market. Um, all of this happened in relatively quick succession. So, and I haven't had a chance to listen back to that audio. So after the market, you went back to the Grove to ask about stuff. You talked to Gail up on the tree bridge, the Ewok village. And he told you that he could not think of like anyone in particular. And then you went to Dolores, who also said folk magic, folk practitioners or alchemists. And you decided to go check out and she gave you directions to the folk practitioners and where they're at, which is like sort of this secluded, she gave you directions. So, and we had to catch our breath because Iroh had spilt his root beer up his nose. Yes. Iroh even inhaled his. How could I have forgotten that? It was such a disaster. Yes. You rolled very badly. I did. And then you almost died with, because of your root beer. That's true. Sorry. Um, Any questions? Uh, no, but I do want to add that Nancy did go back and get more cufflings for Fox because she felt bad that she gave his away. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the next morning. I'm not super concerned with like the logistics of how it's all working out with like the split up team. And suffice to say, uh, Vex and Charles are off doing their own investigation. Y'all didn't really run into them last night. And before you head out this morning, there was like a note that said they were investigating a lead with the alchemists. And then do we just want to like cut to the cave yes you guys go to the sacred grove again park the car put the magic tarp over it head down into the caves and you follow the directions that dolores gave you which involves yet another like sort of um tunnel off to the side of the caves and you start to see light at the end of it and i am going to well okay so actually let's just assume you're following the directions of dolores you're going down this cave path what does this look like how are you all walking down it i'm out in front Okay. Are you trying to be sneaky? Are you not trying to be sneaky? I think uh, we don't really have much call to try and infiltrate the place. We just want to go and talk. Also, we would not do a very good job of trying to be (laughs) sneaky. I mean, it's the three of us. I mean, (laughs) if if you want to cut to the core of it, then (laughs) I think think a head-on, just sort of diplomatic approach is what we're trying to go for here. But all the same, I don't necessarily know what it is that we're getting into. We're encountering another situation where some oddballs are in a cave so i'm, I'm trying to use pretty use, common event for us at this point so far anyway I'm, I'm taking the lead just to prevent any sort of um, harm from coming to my companions oddballs in a cave is my smith's cover band yes <laughs> so all right so you guys are nearing the end of this tunnel um it started to get less like damp in the cave and more kind of rocky i think like i talked about how Um, I don't have a specific touchstone for this, but you know how there's like super sandy beaches and then there's beaches that are more like rocky. I think like an Ireland or a Scotland style beach. You walk out into the sunlight, Iroh first. And as soon as you step fully out into the sunlight, Iroh, you hear the sound of a gun cocking off to your side. What do you do? I stop. And we all like bumbly stop and like, <laughs> run into him as well because we were like just following his lead. Actually, yeah, I'm going to make you roll for that. If I may make a suggestion. Yes. I think they should roll plus links with me based on reading my behavior and being accustomed uh-huh. to my, Not a bad okay, idea. my operational habits. Okay. 
Yes, yeah, so just roll plus links with Iro. Okay, so my I've got good odds here. Yeah, I- Iro is two. Ten. Math. Ten maths. Ten, Ten maths. maths. <laughs> All right. Ten. Okay. Ten. <laughs> two successes. So based on that, I'm going to say that you are able to, instead of like completely rushing forward into him, you have like a split second of warning. Like you see you see him sort of like stiffen. Do you put your hands up or anything? I think I'm more like this. Okay. So you see him. I just remembered that I'm producing an audio product. I, <laughs> I, I think my hands are at my side, but they are like sort of spread in such a way that my companions could interpret as no stop, but wouldn't necessarily read that way to someone that's looking at me. Okay. So when you, once you see this from him and you interpret it um, as like a no stop thing, what, what is your guys's reaction? I would say I kind of like stop and like kind of back away out of view if I'm not already in view. I don't know. Okay. I think you're still in the cave. Yes. And what do you, what order were y'all in? I would probably be closest to Iroh, honestly. So fair enough. And then like, so I just, I'm in the back. So I'm just kind of backing away back into the shadows. I I would just stop and freeze behind him. Do you say anything or do you just freeze? I think Iroh would say, uh, just paying a friendly visit, not, not looking for any trouble here. And it would sort of not moving his head, but sort of look at his periphery to see if he can detect what on earth it is that's threatening him, if All anything. Right. So so what happens is um, what you can see out of the corner of your eye is like a shotgun and it's very close to like, t- like touching you. It's not, you can't, it's not, it's not actually touching you. Like this person is not trying to poke you around with the gun yet, um, but you can't really see much of the person beyond it. Um, like you can see they've got like a kerchief over their face, like a red or a black kerchief um, over their face. And they're like sort of brandishing a shotgun at you. And the person says, yeah, we heard, we heard you were coming. You know, we don't, we don't typically take too kindly to outsiders, to outsiders asking about us. We heard, we've got eyes and we heard you were asking, around and uh decided to pay us a visit and we just wanted to make sure we uh greeted you appropriately quick question uh from where the person with the gun is standing would fox be able to duck behind iroh without being noticed you can try just like stop and squat down behind him yeah that's gonna be an act under pressure uh so roll plus mind for me five Oh no. <laughs> okay, so Oh no. <laughs> oh, My boy. So, so you try to duck behind Iro and in doing so you trip on a pebble. And what happens is you fall face for face first, like on the other side of him and another person with a gun, like they were, they were waiting on either side of the entrance to sort of like crab pincher you. So another person with a gun comes out and now you also have a person with a shotgun and like a face kerchief pointing a gun at you. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, at this, I, I think Iroh is going to like raise his hands but in more of like a surrender, like non-threatening, like, no, 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 there's no, no violence intended here. If we're asking questions, it's because we're trying to absolve someone of any wrongdoing. Now, if you all haven't done anything wrong, certainly no reason to be threatening us, right? Nancy, what are you doing? Are you still hiding in the background? Yes, because if they get taken captured, I'm going to sneakily do something like follow them. I do not want a gun pointed at me. That is not what Nancy. Then is I about. recommend not coming out of that cave. Uh, I'm not doing anything but staying in the shadows and not making a peep. Yeah, is there like quiet. a stealth roll? <laughs> yeah, that would be an act under pressure. So um, just roll me two d six plus mind. Can I see the move list when yes. you have a chance? Nine. So what Nancy does not want here is to wind up with a gun pointed at her. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I'm also open to suggestions here for worse outcome, hard bargain, or ugly choice. Um, because I could just make you become super visible. I like doing the bargain option where you get like two choices. Each of them sucks in their own way. Either you're going to wind up with a gun pointed at you, but you're with your companions, or you're going to wind up like alone in the caves and you aren't sure if you can find your way back. You don't know if you can find your way back on your own. Okay, I'll definitely, I just become visible and... They can, I guess, point a gun at me. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So, yes. I so. don't want to get lost in the caves for sure, though. <laughs> yes, that's probably, I think that would be interesting, but that's probably not something we need to uh, try and resolve because I imagine that could turn into like a 30-minute adventure on yes. its own. Especially um, given the stuff we know is lurking in the caves already. 
So what happens is like you try to shift to um, stay invisible and someone comes up like there was somebody who was waiting in the caves, um, like watching you guys pass. And someone comes up behind you and is kind of like, ah, not so fast. And like they don't they aren't like entirely shoving you around, but they do like grab you by the arm and sort of pull you out into the light with Iroh and Fox. Yeah. So this person like pulls you out into the light and is like, is like, ah, that there was another one um, back there trying to hide. Uh, And the first. Oh, berries. (laughs) You give an awfully chipper exclamation to being held at gunpoint with two of your friends. Um, and the the person on who is on Iroh's left, who seems to be the leader, comes around to the front. And now, Iroh, I'm going to make you do a role for persuade an NPC, which is you trying to, like, diffuse the situation with this guy saying that you're here to um, find wrong, like, wrongdoing or whatever. So that's going to be a role with heart. That's an 11. Okay. <laughs> Damn. So he is still pointing his gun at you, but it's not quite aggressive as aggressively. His finger's not on the trigger. The gun is still pointed at you. The finger isn't on the trigger. And he makes like sort of a head jerk motion to the other guy whose hand also like his, his finger moves off the trigger for his gun. So you still have two shotguns pointed at you and someone coming around from the back to sort of like, you're almost encircled by these three people, but nobody is at least ready to shoot you yet. And you're going to mark XP for your personal directive. It's true. I have a personal directive for diffusing situations without violence. Yes, diffusing a charged situation without violence. Yes, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) He lowers the gun slightly and he says, you're trying to clear someone's name? Is that what you said? Yeah, we... We, we've gotten all kinds of reports. Folks folks in Serendipity City don't necessarily... Those that know about Magic Dune don't necessarily have the most trust and when something goes awry, people are real willing to point fingers. So we, we want to make sure that if there's finger pointing going on, it's towards the people appropriate for such ongoings. Now, we're investigating some sort of business in the Grove. We don't think it's y'all, but, you know, we just got to do our due diligence. He's like nodding as you're talking and he nods. He nods especially hard towards the middle there about like pointing fingers at magic users and jumping to conclusions quickly. He's like, yeah, let me, <clears throat> let me just take you to the, uh, to the elder. And tell, right. tell her your story. Sure. Sure. You guys you, walk through. You, you two. All right. You, Fox is still just laying on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Not moving. At this point, Iroh just like grabs his, grabs his cuff and just like lifts him back up to his feet. How about you? You, you all right? I'm fine, but as long as someone doesn't get handsy over here. The guy, like, puts his hands up and, like, excuse you. All right, all right. It's more like Just... it. I'm a lady, damn it. <laughs> it's true. She is a lady, damn it. <laughs> so um, these guys lead you, like, less aggressively. They're still, like, kind of on guard, but um, you're not, like, actively taken hostage at this point. Um, through this, like, little... It's sort of a village, like I said. Like, there's uh, if you've never been out here, which you would you wouldn't have, I guess. Um, but there's like it's like sort of a small village. They're like older buildings, but they're not run down. They're obviously like well kept up. You can see some people kind of like walking back and forth, and they're all sort of like giving y'all sort of an odd look. Still in the cave, right? No, at this point you're out of the cave and onto the beach. Okay. There are like these like small little um, homes, and then there's like a lo- a larger sort of like community type building. Is this this like a suburb of Serendipity City? Is this still within the city limits, technically? So it's... I'm not sure whether it would be still within the city limits, technically, because, Mm. like, it's on a beach. Like, I mean, they probably don't Sort of Serendipity adjacent? Yeah. They probably don't pay taxes. Um, This would be, like... (laughs) This would be, like, over here on the beach. So, like, there's... You know, the ocean is over here, and... um, But it would be, like, over here. I like to think that... I think I like to think that on this side, on the the north side of the river, that there's like sort of really sandy, pretty beaches. But of course, that's where like all the rich people live. And then on the south side of the river, it's a little craggier, and there's like some sharp drops. Um, and maybe maybe there's parts of the sacred grove that meet with it. But basically, y'all like went into the caves here, and then like came out somewhere around here. Kind of gotcha. like all the beaches for the golf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was gonna I was gonna say a certain beach, but I can't remember the name of it to save my life. <laughs> to see the map and other goodies, check out serendipitypod.com. Yes, that's true. So, um, yeah, so he leads you inside, and there's um, inside this community building, which is kind of interesting because it's, like, clearly an older-style building. It looks like, you know, if you've seen houses that people built 
like in the uh, in the American West, like in the 1800s. It's got it's got very much that like sort of older style that like like a lodge. Yeah, that sort of vibe. Um, but it's like been rigged so that it works with electric lights. And then there's also some like what look like some like magical orbs kind of floating along the ceiling, mimicking the nice guy almost. I might I might have to tell Vex actually to do this in my house. I like this. Yeah, it would work really well with the uh, warehouse. I don't know yeah. who says that. Nobody says that. No That's just one. a voice in the back of your head. <laughs> <laughs> That's the voice of your interior designer. No, no, no. That, that, <laughs> interior designer. No, that was, that was Link. <laughs> but only Nancy can hear him. <laughs> hey, listen. That'll go great in your warehouse. <laughs> oh, wait, you still have Link? Is he in your shoulder host- holster? Yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. How could you forget Link? <laughs> This is a pretty good, it's like not a, it's not huge, like on our scale, but it's like a decent sized building. It's like probably like two one bedroom apartments put together, but it's mostly open space. There's some like longer tables. And then at the other end of the hall, um, you're being walked down between two of the tables. There's like sort of a little, um, bigger than a pedestal, but not quite a stage bigger than a pedestal, but it's a dais. Yes. Yeah. So on this um, dais, there's like, there's an older woman. Um, She's like really old. She's got like white hair, really weathered skin. She's wearing like cloak, but it's not like a fancy cloak like y'all saw before. Um, This is definitely not a monster apple bottom piece. It's like hewn out of like wool and it's clearly made by hand, but it also drapes really nicely. Like it's pretty utilitarian, but it also looks pretty cool. Um, And she's sitting on like the main table and then on either side of her are like um, two young people, um, one of whom has a gun and the other one has like a knife in their belt. Um, you guys are sort of walked up there. You're standing in front of them. The old woman is surveying you. And the guy who seemed like the leader uh, pulls down the kerchief so that he can talk easier. And he says, we found these people based on the reports that we had received last night coming in through the cave entrance, just like we'd been told. They said that they're trying to make sure that someone here didn't do something dealing with the sacred grove and it seemed it seems like they're more on our side than not on our side so i wanted to bring them to you and see what you suggested and so she like nods and then she looks at the three of you and is waiting for like some kind of larger explanation nancy sits down and gets the sand out of her heels (laughs) Like, on the floor? <laughs> you're in front of the town, the village elder, and you're going to take your shoes off? Well, to be fair, if it's a beach town, there's probably sand everywhere. Probably. There's this, some sand. Is this like an like... island-style kind of town? Is this? Are we in Margaritaville? <laughs> <laughs> Can we be in Margaritaville? Please tell me we're in Margaritaville. There might be. Maybe there's a Margaritaville establishment here, but it's not a okay. Margaritaville. Got it. Okay. Um, there's definitely a bar where you can get some bad, strong drinks. Uh, so is anybody, <laughs> hello, anyone, anyone? She's, she's, she looks at Nancy taking her shoes off and her eyebrows start to creep up her forehead and she's still looking at all of you waiting for someone to talk. Hello, your greatness. Um, I, would you maybe know anything about someone doing anything to the sac- sac- sacred? Sacred Grove? Sacred Grove. <laughs> Fox trying to people is my favoriteest thing. Her eyebrows continue to raise as you're talking, and then she cracks a little bit of a smile, and she goes, well, you're going to have to be a little bit more specific than that, dear. Iroh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ma'am, uh, we, we're investigating a traumatic event in the uh, sacred grove that the druids there hired us to investigate some manner of corruption some sort of uh, arcane pollution taking place obviously we don't think that your community had anything to do with it but we've heard we have heard that perhaps maybe uh, some uh, member of the druid community may have fled here after some sort of a falling out some sort of situation where they decided to take refuge and some other magical community here. So we wanted to investigate, make sure that we clear anyone of any wrongdoings if they have been unjustly accused, and if not, follow through on our mission. 
I like the visual that like she's very intently listening to you seriously talk, and Nancy's in the background like, "God, this fucking shoe is everywhere." Shaking her shoes out. Ever? Why do you want to live on a beach? Why? And they're all just like the three people who brought you in are just like openly staring at Nancy, like when. So she listens to what you say, Iro, and she nods and she says, "Well, um, we haven't had any." people join up recently in general we're not you may have gathered we're not too keen on outsiders we've been burned a couple times yeah i've picked up on that sorry about that you know have to be careful watch out for your own we haven't had anyone join up lately generally people only join up if they wind up you know if they meet one of ours like out (laughs) and about and wind up marrying in or some such do you have a name of someone you're looking for or can you give me more information on the type of magical sabotage we're generally you know i wouldn't say we're close with the druids but we generally try to stay on good terms with them and the other denizens of the sacred grove we've heard word of someone going by the name uh, marie robinson which we don't think is their real name necessarily Uh, perhaps one of my more magically inclined colleagues can comment on the nature of the corruption itself um nancy hey hey darling would you mind commenting on the nature of the corruption itself they they the trees they yeah back at the trees yeah they they were black it was gross <laughs> and the magic users they have these really nice cloaks with some runes on them i don't know why i got all southern baptist all of a sudden but it's happening that way okay they've taken some dirt and made like a hole of some sort and like put a spell in the grove at least that's what i saw um, and then again, the cloaks are dead giveaway there. Uh, she nods. She's like looking at you kind of funny, um, but she nods and she says, yeah. I think it's, I think it's clear that the entire community is now looking at Nancy a little funny. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, all right, you know, you don't you have a piece of that cloak somewhere in one of your mini of pockets yeah, you got? I, I, I've got a, I've got a bit of a thread here. Yeah. Oh, you've got a like a sketch of the whole thing too, right? Like you left a copy at the bar, but I do have a copy. I will okay, provide yeah. that to yes. the elder. Yes. So she takes both of those and she looks at them. Um, so I'm going to tell you, you're going to get some kind of information, um, just like a base level information for this, but I'm going to have someone, whoever wants to roll, it can be you, Iroh, or whoever has the best mind stat. Although since Nancy and Iroh have been the ones having this conversation, it probably makes sense to be one of you. Um, I'm going to have you roll a research, which is 2d6 plus mind. I think it's one. Could I make a request? Yes. Could I make the research roll, but they roll plus links to provide additional support to I potentially mean, give a bonus? We were all a part of the conversation. Yes. So. I think... Kind of. I think you weren't asking the question <clears throat> or providing. Well, I think I'll allow for I Nancy asked, to do it, but well, unless Fox does something else, I, I asked the question in Fox's way. I think <laughs> I think Iro would at this point prompt uh, Fox for more information about the magical nature of the garment, given that Fox is our resident expert in clothing. Can Fox give any information? On I that? mean, it was made by Applebottom. So, it, of course it's magical. I mean, have you seen it? It's beautiful. She says, beg pardon? <laughs> That's the extent of what I know. Uh, t- these are... These I'm are sorry, like, Dad, I've let you down. <laughs> <laughs> Beach hobbits, except yes, they're people. Did, they don't know who Frederick Applebottom is. How dare they not know? Um, they watch the soup, right? They get the soup there. out here. You can't expect them to know all the highfalutin stuff we do in the city. Rude. <laughs> it's true. She does not care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she blinks. She blinks and she says, "Beg pardon at Applebottom," but she like takes the link. So somebody needs to roll research. Just roll the research, dear. I mean, you can roll to assist him. Yeah, that's what I, that's I what I'm will. looking for. Yeah. As soon as you roll, I'm just okay. sorry. I'm gonna not just allow exclude for Fox me. To, yes. I tried to include you, and <laughs> you you could see what I got for it. I have a nine. Okay. Are you rolling links with me or mine? Yeah. Okay. Five plus two is seven. Okay. So that bumps it up to a 10. Okay. So that is a complete success. Um, that means I'm going to answer your question and then you will get to ask one more question. I will answer your question first. What was, what was the exact wording of the question that you asked her? The question that I was asking specifically was if there were any new additions to the community 
but she answered that. It was yeah, this, that's right. Oh, it was about the cloak. Yeah, it was about the cloak. Yes, excuse me. Familiar. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, I wanted to make sure I was actually giving you new information. Sure. Um. So she, uh, she after her initial confusion over Applebottom, she takes the like scrap of the cloak and she takes the sketch and she's looking at them and she says, "No, this isn't. Um, this isn't our work. We don't usually use these kind of symbols. I don't know how to explain it, but this is essentially a different magical language than than what we speak. Um, and we also." You know, you may have gathered we don't necessarily live an easy life out here. We don't really have any use for a, um, a magical garment that can't also double as day-to-day clothing. So these, this fancy thing is not really um, anything of ours or anything I can tell you very much about, except that it's certainly not from us. Now, the follow-up question that you can ask is, where would I find blank? How secure is blank? Who or what is related to blank? Who owned or employed blank? who or what is blank most valuable to, and what is the relationship between blank and blank? You remarked on the uh, magical language here. I'm assuming you don't know specifically what it is. If I wanted to know where to find someone that did know what it was, where would I look? You know, I see, um, she's looking, she like looks closer at the, at the sketch and she says, I see a lot of um, elemental symbols in here. My best guess would be, the alchemists a lot of these symbols are modified elemental symbols there's some astrological symbols in there and i think that's who i would check with for this sort of thing Mm. and she hands it back to you ma'am thank you so much for your time we apologize for inconveniencing you and your community this fine day she says oh that's 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 quite all right thank you for thank you for the apology um, dear, and she gestures to you, Nancy, and like for you to come forward a little bit. I step forward one step. <laughs> <laughs> she keeps gesturing. <laughs> and I walk up closer to her. I'm assuming your shoes are on by this point, right? Yes, they're back on. <laughs> All right, she says, um, I'm sorry, can you tell me what your name was again? It's Nancy, Nancy Vanderbilt. And is that your given name? It's the name I've gone by for as long as I can remember. Why? She stops, she looks you over again, and she says, well, it's the strangest thing. Um, you look so much like someone I used to know. Uh, her name was Rose McGinnis, and you're just the spitting image of her. But I guess there's probably no relation. Um, no, ma'am, I don't think I've ever heard that name before in my life. <laughs> no, I've gone Southern again. She kind of blinks, and then she shrugs, and she says, oh, I must be mistaken, then. Um, well, it was, it was... I guess I can't say it was pleasant meeting all of you, given the circumstances, but you can feel free to visit any time you have a question. Uh, We will uh, consider this your pass from me to not get held up at the passage with shotguns. And she gives like a pointed look to the other people behind you who kind of like scuff at the ground. Well, no, no one wound up with a head full of buckshot. I imagine that's about as good a day as it gets sometimes. Uh, she nods and she says, yes, that's, that is, um, a thing that can be true and is said. She gives you like a goodbye way. Yeah, Ira takes this as the clues. Yeah. (laughs) Begin leaving. All right. So what are you all going to do now? Like, what are you talking about as you go back to the, the cave entrance? You take your shoes off in this (laughs) trying to get us they pointed guns at us as soon as we stepped onto the beach do i look like i'm scared of a gun yes (laughs) i'm sorry i'm not gonna walk around with sand in my shoes i mean she has a point not to walk around anywhere i don't think they were gonna shoot us it's fine dear (laughs) nancy's like got nerves of steel (laughs) that's one way to read it It's either that or she's real stupid, but she's got a plus two mind, so she can't be that dumb. It's a little mix of both. <laughs> column A, column B. Hey, who grew up on the streets? You grew up on the farm. I was grazed in the city. No gun's going to deter me of anything. Are yes. you going to take your shoes off again as soon as you get inside the cave? Maybe. <laughs> you better do it before you get back inside my car. Well, I'm not going to get sand in your car. All right, so we're sitting here having an argument about no, sand. No, I am plowing <laughs> ahead. I want yeah, to get out of here. This is like as you're walking up to the cave this mouth. Absolutely, the, the bystanders can hear you bickering amongst the group. 
I'm, I'm like, <laughs> is this seriously what you're worried about right now? Sand? I want to know that if I get into a situation where there are multiple shotguns involved, that then they'll you will shoot not shoes me on. and not you and you can get away. You know, I don't know how often you engage in um, shotgun-related situations. <laughs> but as someone that traffics in them, I happen to uh, know that there is a great deal of risk simply by association when you introduce a shotgun, nay, multiple shotguns, <laughs> into an already loaded situation. No pun intended. I see what you did there. Again, that was not an intentional turn of Fox word is like play. behind you snickering. <laughs> He's like, ha, Dad's yelling at somebody else for once. <laughs> I simply want to know that my life will not be endangered for uh, footwear-related difficulties. Man, you're traveling with two of the wrong people. <laughs> I'm starting to pick that up. <laughs> This is honestly, like, the best, like, trio that there could be. No, no, it is not. I was going to die. But that's the stressed, why. The stressed out dad and the two, like, yeah. fashion children. <laughs> oh, no, I just tried to put the three of you on the McDonald's meme triangle. But the problem is that, like, both of you, have you seen this meme, Jennifer? Do you know? So there's a, a triangle. And, I, and it says, like, the kids say they want McDonald's. And then one end of the triangle says, we have food at home. And then one end of the triangle is like, we're going to McDonald's. And then just dry, goes to the drive-thru and orders a coffee. And then one, one end of the triangle is, McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's. But, like, you two, there's no third thing. Like, you're we have food at home. Iroh is we have food at home. And the two of you are <laughs> McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> so... Vex and Charlie are probably the other one. Yes, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> so, that means you're the only responsible <laughs> Again, I'm picking that up. Uh, okay, sorry. We get back to the car. <laughs> we get back to the and car. And I definitely empty out my, my sandy shoes before I get in this car. You know perfectly you. well it's impossible to do that. Do you, There's always wait, some. I have a question. Do you, like, empty out your shoes in the cave and then try to clean them off of, like, cave and forest gunk when you get to the car? Or do you wait and do just one thorough degunking? One one thorough de. Well, okay. I do. Once there I a get hose into the cave. The car? I do have bags in the trunk in case you need to bag it. I get the sand <laughs> out so I don't have to walk through the cave with sand in my shoes because that's uncomfortable. And then when I get to the car, <laughs> I... I can either degunk them, and if he's not satisfied, I will put my shoes in the bag. <laughs> Iroh is already sitting in the front seat. Iroh is sitting in the front seat with his head in his hands like, oh, why did I get myself into? Oh, these children. Massaging his temples, pinching the bridge of his nose. Dying. Like pulling out some flowers from one of his pockets to soothe his spirits. <laughs> okay, so you all get in the car and you get back to the speakeasy. What do you like? What's the give me give me some sense of the conversation? Either we can we can cut straight to the speakeasy, we can have it in the car. Like, what's the conversation that's happening right now? I'm assuming we've moved past sand at yes, this point. Probably. All right, we had it narrowed down to two. Now we got it narrowed down to one. Got to investigate these alchemists, find out if someone new or extant in their numbers, has reason to target the Sacred Grove. Do either of you happen to have any idea how to get in touch with the alchemists? I will say you do know that there was a note from Charlie and Vex saying that they weren't investigating a lead with the alchemists. Iroh has forgotten about this. (laughs) We could infiltrate and we could make Apple Bottom make us cloaks. (laughs) Ah. Uh, we could do this. We do you have the money for that? To know where to infiltrate is the thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. Let's let's go back to the speakeasy. Maybe maybe we'll be able to think a little bit more clearly there. All right. Um, so you get back at the speakeasy. Yes. The note. Um, Dolores greets you all and tells you that she hasn't seen Charlie or Vex today. I'm assuming you ask after that. So you're discussing over drinks and yeah, out of character. This is like basically oh. about the point that I had thought we would play up to. Oh, okay. Um, because just I because, thought, okay. 
Yes. I thought you were suggesting that they had left a note for us, but no, yes, they did. So Charlie and Vex did leave a note for you um, saying that they were investigating no, 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 like, I thought a new one. Oh, no, no, yeah, no. Sorry. Um, yeah, it would be the same one. Okay. It's just that they haven't, no, they haven't cool. really been around a lot today. And I did check with them. So I'm going to have to do one more recording session with them before all five of you get together again. Um, but I checked with them that they aren't going to like, they aren't going to rush in guns a blazing or anything, but I mean, they can, uh, <laughs> There's always opportunities for new new characters to join. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Jennifer, I do want to know what is Nancy doing? Do you want to dis- do you say anything to either of them about this rose question that you got? No. I I definitely um were like, "Okay, well, since we're kind of on the hiatus and she leaves and like goes back." Oh. She definitely doesn't want anyone else to know cuz she hasn't told him anything about her past really other than she grew up on the streets okay I just was like okay well I guess I'm going out bye (laughs) bye (laughs) yes and then you sneak off and how do you get because you don't have an automobile so do you bike down there I call a cab (laughs) alright yeah so you call a cab and the cab is not going to take you super close to the sacred grove just because like that's got a reputation but he'll drop you off like probably a couple easier walking distance than from the bar for sure and then you follow the same path as before and go back out um onto the the little beach um area Mm -hmm. entrance one of the people who was there earlier is like still sort of standing guard at the entrance and when you walk in he looks at you and he's like I didn't expect to see you back so soon. Yeah, well, I, I kind of needed to talk, but I couldn't do it with my friends nearby. Oh, okay. And he <laughs> looks a little suspicious. He's like, do you need to talk to someone in specific? Uh, I, I just needed to talk to the elder. Okay, that's a little unusual, but I can escort you there. And so he walks you back towards the village um, again, like into the communal building. Mm-hmm. the little town hall type thing and the elder is up there and appears to be hearing like some sort of like mediating some sort of dispute between two people um and sees you enter at right as like it's wrapping up so like she finishes the thing like i imagine there's probably some sort of ceremonial symbol like something that's like a cross between a like a judge gavel and like a catholic cross like <laughs> something that everyone does at the end of the thing to mark that the conflict has been resolved um some sort of elaborate like hand gesture or jedi statement or something <laughs> these are my like ceremonial touchstones like catholicism and jedi like i mean the pagan groups that i run in don't really go for elaborate hand gestures so so you spit and then you shake on it okay okay uh so yeah maybe that's it maybe it's like a well not like the spit and shake but maybe it's like a handshaking with like the judge tying a cord around their hands or something like a like a hand fast yeah like a hand fasting hand fasting. i now pronounce you friends yes exactly like that <laughs> and she's finishing it up um as you walk up and she turns to look to you, look at you again, uh, a little curiously. And she says, Oh, uh, hello dear. I didn't expect to see you again so soon. Can I help you? I actually was wondering if there was somewhere private we could talk. She thinks about it for a second and then she nods and she gestures for the person who has the gun to sort of like go bar the front of the town hall. You guys are the only ones in here right now. And the other one, she sort of, she like gestures to stand a couple feet away and she walks, she like stands with surprising grace for someone as old as she is um stands and like walks to the edge of the dais and sort of like hops off of it so that she's um maybe not quite eye to eye with you because i'm picturing like sort of an, a little old lady um mm-hmm. but she's like standing next to you and she gestures like indicating that you can sit like on the edge of the dais or you can sit at one of the tables or wherever okay i i just go sit down at one of the tables all right and so she uh, goes to sit across from you and is like Yes. Uh, did you think of something more about the Sacred Grove or something that I should know? N- no, this is a little more about Rose. Oh, Rose. Um, yeah. Uh, what What did What did you have in mind? I thought you said that um, you had never heard of her. I I lied. The other people I was with they're they're more of work associates and not like buddy friend associates. Uh, so. They don't really know much about my past. (laughs) 
So, yeah. <laughs> oh, so do you mean to tell me that you are related to Rose? I'm her daughter. Oh, wow. Interesting. It's been, I imagine we must have met at some point, but it's been a long time, right? I think that Rose and Patrick went missing probably like 15 years ago. Yes. Wow. Uh, well, it's, and she like sort of reaches across the table. She's like, not quite sure how to do this because the fact that you are the child of Rose and Patrick means that you were like, like kin, your, your family, mm-hmm. maybe if not in the literal sense, the metaphorical sense. Like, yeah. and so she's like, not quite sure how to welcome you back into the fold because like, there's not that familiarity there. So she sort of like reaches across the table and awkwardly pats your hand and is like, well, um, it's good to have you back, dear. Um, is there... Is there anything I can tell you? What, what, where have you, what, what happened? Where have you been all this time? Serendipity City, where I last saw them. Just been in town. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I guess, um, it's been so long. They, we, this, this, this village was, um, well, I guess the village wouldn't be like new, new if it's 15 years old at the time. And Rose and Patrick came to town, like, right before that or i would say that they came to town before i was born and they like kind of built up a reputation up until i was 10 okay when they went disappeared okay kind of like they wanted their their child to be born in this big new city because there were immigrants yeah thing like the big american dream yeah so kind of kind of what i was thinking was that like this particular group of folk magic practitioners that there are probably like a couple of smaller groups of them like scattered sort of around the wilderness that's that surrounds serendipity city and like maybe in some of like the suburbs and little little enclaves like this Mm -hmm. sort of the dynamic that i had had in mind was that maybe they would like some of them would like go into town for like day work and then like send money to some of their families that were in the other way so maybe like Rose and Patrick were in one of those like sort of country enclaves and then came to like and had been getting sent money so that they could move to the city and then move to the city to try and give like you more opportunities. She tells you that. Um, and then is like, yes. And I think that your parents were a little, um, a little conflicted, not in any bad way, not in any way caused by you, but they were never quite sure how to balance giving you the opportunities that, that the city provides um, with some of the older traditions. And uh, they talked to, talked to me and some of the other people on the council at the time and um, suggested that they wanted to give living outside of our support a try. And that's not really something that is done very often. So there were certainly some of the more old fashioned members of the council who were ready to exile them outright for doing so for, for wanting to leave. Um, there were some of us who had a more moderate position and thought that they should be able to come and go at, that it might be even beneficial for our community to have people who had networks and opportunities in the city, um, which is, as you may have gathered from us hearing about uh, your your you and your friends looking for us is something that has changed over over the fifteen years since. But um, yeah, they told us that they wanted to do this, and there was a level of acceptance, sometimes begrudging, from the elders of the community. And they left, and we heard, you know, for a while they were checking in for about six months. They were checking in regularly, probably every week, every other week. They would bring back news, um, news of other opportunities, news of what was happening, which people were fighting, which people, which neighborhoods should be avoided. And then one day they just stopped coming back, and we thought that something must have happened to them and to you. Um, we sent out scouts trying to find them um asking around but you know i imagine you know better than most of us how the city is and trying to find one lost child um is hard definitely in these days too with all the people going missing on top of that so yeah she stops and she says yes uh the disappearances have got have got worse over time that was around the time when they started actually that your parents were some of the the first disappearances that I know of, um, that seems to have gotten much worse over time. 
uh, after after your parents disappeared, they were a little more hesitant to like send people into the city, um, which is part of why they became like so closed off and why most of the people who don't have existing connections to them, like Dolores, um, don't aren't, aren't super aware of them because they started to become really, really careful. They still have like sort of a spy network going on. Yeah. She probably doesn't tell you like a whole ton of details about that, but she hints that they've got like sort of like a spy network kind of thing going on, which is like how they knew that you were coming. And, you know, based on what they had overheard, the assumption was that like you were going to come in guns a blazing or something like that, or in some kind of aggressive way, which is why you were greeted with like armed people at Mm -hmm. the um, entrance. But yeah, so that's like basically what she tells you. Do you have... Like, where does the convers? Where do you want to take the conversation from there? Well, I was just uh, figuring Nancy would just want to know more because, I mean, at ten you don't remember much about your parents, so yeah. just any information that could possibly help, like any of the telegrams, maybe if they had letters or how did they communicate type of thing that she could maybe take home and study. Yeah, actually, that's a good. Um, I like that. So. What we're going to do for that one, she's going to give you something either way, um, depending on, give me, let's do, I'm trying to decide if it should be heart or spirit. What do you think? Because, so this, this, this role isn't one of the moves. This isn't like a pre-constructed move. This is basically figuring out, like, this is sort of what you're going to get in the bundle and how useful it's going to be to you. Okay. Um, so I was thinking either spirit because of the magical connotations or heart because it's connected to your family. Uh, what do you think? Um... If I was metagaming, I'd say spirit because I got more points than that. But I could roll with heart if you need me to because it was more of a family thing. Yeah, I think heart Sorry. makes the most sense. Um, so yeah, roll 2d6 plus heart. Seven. Right. So she, you you ask, you know, um, I imagine you ask like just point blank. I'm, that, like, like, I'm like, well, I know it would be more just as a favor to me, because of my parents' sake, because you don't know me that well, but is there any possible way I could get, did they have letters or something that they sent back for communication? She nods, like, she, th- this whole time she's been acting, you know, like, she's like she's the leader of this community. She's, like, sort of the matriarch, so um, there is, like, a council set up, um, but she's, like, the one who gets the final say, and... The, the advisors don't usually get dragged in unless it's for, like, major matters, major community matters. So, like, but this whole time she has been very sympathetic to you. She's not, like... Putting on, like, a professional front. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just to, like, give you a feeling for how this conversation is going. And she, like, nods and she looks, like, really seriously. And she goes, of course, of course. Um, let me... Um, I'll have to go to our records room and see what I can find. If you can, If you can wait for just, like... Oh, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes? Yeah, I've got the time. Okay. Yeah, she motions to one of her bodyguards who, like, gets up and walks from where they had been sitting, the one who is not at the door, and they, like, walk out the door. The other person, the other person, like, follows them, so you're basically, like, the door is closed to indicate that, like, the elder is not, the elder is not in. And, (laughs) uh... You're le- yes, you're left at like there's a little clock on the door that's like we'll return in 15 minutes. <laughs> One of those little paper clocks. Um, yeah, so like they they leave and you're like sort of just left in this like empty building for a couple of minutes, um, staring up at the stars. And I imagine having a lot of thoughts going through your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, a couple minutes later, they come back and she goes, "This is." Um, these aren't the originals because we try, we've been trying to keep uh, records about the, the disappeared. Um, so these aren't the originals, but these are copies of everything that we have from your parents. Uh, it's like a little paper bundle. She goes, I'm sorry for the extra weight. It took, it took some time to make, to make these copies by hand. Um, so, uh, I, I hope this is helpful. So she hands you this like bundle of papers and she goes, this is what, this is what I could find. I, I hope that it's helpful. And she like hands it to you and then sort of like puts an arm on your shoulder and that like, I don't know if we're, I don't know if we're huggers yet, but I'm trying to like show you that I care gesture, you know? (laughs) I'm like, thank you. Yes. This, this will (laughs) help. Yeah. Um, And so she says, all right. And I know that we already um, extended the invitation to your friends, but I just want to reiterate that if you have any more questions, um, if there's anything that I can help with, or if you, you know, find anything related to this that you want to share with me, like you can come by or you can send, you know, you can send a, um, 
I think we've got a telegram system now. Uh, I'll have to talk with George about that, but I believe you can send us a telegram or, you know, a letter and just let me know that you're going to drop by and um, I would be happy to talk to you and see what I can do for you. Okay. Well, um, likewise, if if you have any information um, you want to share with us, we're at, we have a, a, a clock shop that you can leave a note with Dolores there she nods and says all right um all right well uh be be well child i'm sorry that you had to find out this way and i leave yes uh is once i'm back at my warehouse can i do a move to see if i can get a better read on all of these after i read them or what information do i find out from the stack so, yeah, so that's where we leave you this time is um, you in the warehouse, like, looking at this bundle and starting to open it and wondering what will be inside. Bum, bum, bum. The last letter from Rose McGinnis reads as follows. Dearest Elder, I'm sorry for missing the last update. I know it's been a few weeks since we got in touch. Things are going well for us. We're in the same apartment we had secured a few months ago. The building is all right, a bit leaky, but our neighbors are good people. You'll be pleased to hear that young Lucy is doing just fine and seems to have picked up the gift. At the moment, I'm working from our apartment or in the closest diner doing readings for customers, and she likes to watch me work and chime in with her own additions. Patrick has managed to secure work at the new Doherty Automotive Factory. If you believe the company men, the automotives will be the next big thing. I suppose we'll see, but in the meantime, at least it's steady work. So far, they're promising better pay than Heron Shipping, which had another fight between their workers and the gray-suited folks a few weeks ago. I heard one of the workers was shot dead, and most others managed to get away with minor injuries. When it comes to the magical groups, things aren't much calmer at the moment. The current scuffles seem to be mostly between the werewolves and the sorcerers. I'm not sure what started it, but fights have broken out in the streets near us. Luckily, they seem to not be involving bystanders, at least at this point in time. Hopefully, the wolves don't start taking issue with other magic workers. I can't imagine they'd have much to quarrel about with a fortune teller, but you never know. There is another group that's curious. I've been hearing whispers about the Lightbringers. As near as I can tell, they aren't involved in any of the day-to-day fights that plague many of the other groups in the city, and they mostly keep to themselves. Even rumors about them are thin on the ground, but I'm going to keep investigating so that I can keep you all up to date. I'll write back with details on what we find. Send my love to the rest of our kindred, and please stay safe. Yours, Rose McGinnis. Thank you for listening to Serendipity City. All of our player and cast information is in the show notes, along with a link to our community Discord and other social media. Want to get an NPC named after you? In addition to becoming a patron, you can now also be entered in the NPC name lottery by tagging us on Twitter with a tweet about the show, or by writing a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts and tweeting a screen cap at us. A huge shout out to Lucille Valentine, the patron who is the inspiration for Nancy's childhood name. You can follow her on Twitter at Severely Trans, and you absolutely should because she's working on some really cool stuff. Don't forget to check out the Patreon to get sneak peeks, behind the scenes content, and other bonus stuff. If you want to become a patron, make sure to take a look at the link in the description and also on our site at serendipitypod.com. Many thanks to patrons like Melody Burton for making it possible for me to spend more time on this. We're playing a combination of The Sprawl by Hamish Cameron and Urban Shadows by Andrew Medeiros and Mark Diaz Truman, with a few things added in here and there from Dungeon World by Sage Latora and Adam Coble to fill in any gaps. All of these are hacks of Apocalypse World. Sound effects and music are a combination of public domain and free to use with the full track list in the episode description and Battle Bards. Our next episode will go up July 24th. If you're enjoying the show, please consider rating and reviewing or telling a friend about us. That's how we find new listeners. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.